Got a bad bitch on me. What? What? Got a bad bitch on me. She D T F. She tell me she D T F. I heard she D T F. What? And you ain't hanging with the team if you ain't down to fuck. Okay. Well, Lord, mama. Hello and welcome to DTF. This is the Daryl Timmery Fun Hour. It is in fact the greatest sex education comedy game show in the known universe. I am your resident sexuality educator, Dr. Timmery. And I have been looking at porn for far too long, and I have no intention of stopping. The only difference is now I pay for some of it. Huh? Come oh, on now. Yeah. Making changes. Support small for the businesses. Pandemic. <laughs> Live responsibly, you know? And today we have a wonderful guest, the host of the Friday Release Valve on the Political Orphanage podcast. It's Andrew Heaton. Hey, thank you. And, and I, on my end, I, I had sex one time. Ooh. And so I feel like I am totally justified in being on this program. I'm something of an expert, having gone through that crazy hurdle. And uh, it is so nice to see you both. It's so nice to see you again. Yeah, this yeah, is fun. Nice to see you. You know, that's interesting that you bring that up. Like, uh, the fact that people have ever had sex is is definitely like a credential that they offer to be on the show. But I do know at least at least one or two people who have PhDs in human sexuality who have never had sex with another person. Interesting. Yeah. It, it, it is, is it, is it, are they asexual or religious or they have some kind of biological impediment or they're just, they're so, they're so studious. They just haven't got around to it yet. They're like, you know what? Well, like, then maybe I'll get my rocks off, but not until I've read all the books. I, I mean, I think it varies. Uh, there's a there's a couple people coming to mind where basically their thought was like, my parents' marriage is so good that anything that doesn't look like that kind of a relationship seems like shallow and superficial. So it's like once you've wow. gone all the way through high school and you haven't hooked up for no reason, you went all the way through college and you never did a random hookup for no reason. It's like, yeah. well, now I've waited so long. Yeah. And it's yeah. like. At that point, you, you know, can either honestly, go I get this. Like now, I, I'm just like a walking sex pot of a man. Like I'm just, you know, like, like just oozing sperm and, and vitality from my pores, and I'm open to all comers when we're not, you know, in a pandemic. Uh, I, I wear a full body condom, uh, like in the Naked Gun. But like yeah, I, yeah. like me, me being from Oklahoma, I'm basically from the '50s, and so like I was raised religious, and like that, like. Man, I, I got a late start, and I, I get it because they're like once like once you once that becomes a part of your identity, where like you're meeting people that were like really having a lot of sex in high school. I didn't have sex in high school, and you're like, oh, I guess it's because I am saving myself, and like and it and it becomes like it becomes a really big deal in your mind. The mythos. You have sex, like that was it. Like it was cool, <laughs> but yeah. like I, I anticipated being able to see new colors. Like, I thought it was going to be like right. an existential state change of like, like I was a pupa now. And I was like, oh, no, it was like, I just, I, I'm less twitchy and nervous now. It was like, but otherwise there wasn't a huge cascade effect in my cosmos. High school sex usually isn't very good. <laughs> like, right. Thank you. I'm glad I to hear you. Makes me feel better. My, yeah, no, it's terrible. My first sexual experience was in high school, not in the building, but during those years. And uh, I believe it was like a lot of heavy petting. Uh, the shabbiest attempts to put a condom on, mm. and then the quick losing of an erection uh, right. while doing penetration. And I was just like, after it was done, and everyone seemed like this was good enough for today. I was like, <laughs> Yeah, good, hand break, good game, good game. We're all gonna go home. I'm gonna eat some drink some more juice. It's fun. Let's watch some TV. 
Yeah, but in my head, I was like, I did it. I got it out the way. Yeah. I don't care what anybody says. It happened. All right. And it was, you know, again, blowing something. Yeah, it was blowing that out of proportion. And really, it's a big part of life, but it's really not that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. it's so weird because like I think when I was much younger, I was approaching it from a data collection standpoint, where it's like I just need to have <laughs> a lot of a lot of different varied data points so that I can come up with an understanding of this thing from many angles. And then like once I model, yeah. yeah, and like once I had tried a whole lot of things and I found myself an adult and it was you know like still perfectly easy to to access sex, I found myself being like thinking in my head about that person to be like, I don't really feel like teaching today. You know, that, that said, Dr. Timory, if, if you know, like a gaggle of uh, aroused Vulcans wishing to experiment, <laughs> like uh, me, me being as careful as I have been during the pandemic, uh, when, when, when this concludes, I would love for the government to just parachute vaccines and condoms from the sky and be of use to as many people as I possibly can. Oh my God. I, I mean, okay, this actually is a perfect segue into our first regular segment, which is the fucking news. There's the music part. Yeah. Um, yeah these people so- were not, these people were not, um, <laughs> Horny Vulcans. They no. I mean, no. I yeah. I I let people self-identify. Maybe some of them. (laughs) Um. Yeah. So our first story has to do with. Um. I don't know if anybody knows right now about this thing. It's uh COVID and uh one of the risks. What is it? Oh, it's um. I hear it's it's basically the flu. Uh no. (laughs) Oh, Oh okay yeah sure. Okay, yeah, so, like, jump ahead. We've talked about COVID enough on this show, including, like, what brothels are doing about it and what New York State Health Department suggests that you should do glory holes because uh, then you don't have face-to-face contact. Um, uh-huh. But yeah. Reverse cowgirl. I know that's that's also been recommended. Yeah, but then they're like, if you're staying in the same room, it's like, it's really kind of, you know. Yeah, well, and, then, yeah and then there's, like, weird loopholes. Like, like I got, be, be, because I, I do a political podcast, I get invited to do political hits on shows. And, and the, the story that I was doing here a few weeks ago was um, that there was like a whole fight in Florida over whether strip clubs could remain open past midnight um, because the, the I, I don't know Florida law. I don't think people in Florida know Florida law. Uh, mm. But as I understand it, the governor can like preempt mayors. And so the governor said like, you can't shut down. Anyway, it was a whole thing. What ended up happening was they went, um, you can't have you can't have people in strip clubs beyond like 25% capacity. We're going to do that. And you can't, sure. you have to be six feet apart and you have to wear a mask unless you're getting a lap dance, then you don't right. have to wear a mask. What? And I was like, what? I understand how the experience would be more pleasant without the mask. But I also feel like the COVID doesn't know that. We're like you can't sit COVID down and be like, Hey, listen, I'm not going to get an erection quite as hard as I want if I'm wearing a mask. So we're just going right. to take a pause. We're going to treat this like a treat day. Like, like we're on a diet and I'm going to eat a little piece of chocolate cake and then I'll put it right back on. Like, it's not how it works. I mean, like, TBH, I, I did, uh, I've done like a handful of burlesque and, and adjacent kind of gigs in this time, very selectively looking for very specific circumstances. And there was one where people were like right. asking specifically how much it would cost for me to take my mask off and like more money than you're going to pay. Like, there's just, it's, and, and also why? Like, 
the highlights of me are actually probably not <laughs> being covered. You, right have now. Lovely, you have a lovely smile that would be well Thanks. worth the the tipping and and recompense of, of an audience. <laughs> Great. <laughs> but I was like, doesn't anyone have a Melina fantasy? Come on. Just yeah, you know, like, is is it just the forbidden? Because like oh, I yeah. like a to to, to yeah. revert back to high school, I f- I feel like a conversation that all heterosexual males have in high school uh, is, is like the deep philosophical question of if 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 everybody were topless, including women, would we still be fixated with breasts? Mm. Like we don't know, right? right. And and uh, I still don't actually I know. know. Uh, do what? What do you think, girl? Yes, I you would. I totally would. Uh, they're different, right? That's mm. the thing. It's the protuberances. I've even noticed. Uh, I've even noticed women tend to clamor over the protuberances of male chests when ah. those things exist. And so you know, a, a lot of a lot of my gay friends yeah. are into them. Like they're not sexually aroused by them. They're just kind of like they're like I don't know. Like maybe it's a maybe it's a like, yeah. a, like baby thing. Like like but but yeah. But I, I I wonder if like I do think that there's an element of the forbidden, the verboten, and the verboten can be sexy. Yeah. And and so maybe the new verboten, the new. Uh, uh, the, the the new erotic is to have have a mask. You're like, oh man, I wonder what her smile looks like. And like, you know, I guess this is like we're, we're like Victorians now, right? Like, didn't they used to be really keen on ankles? Oh, it's very. And like, I'm, I'm not aroused by ankles, but that was a thing. Well, I mean, I th- I think we actually. Uh, I'm gonna well actually this because this is what I do. Um. <laughs> you do. Have, I was busy. You do have a PhD and you do have a <laughs> podcast that I'm a guest on. So I feel like. Those no, two things make it very appropriate for you to correct me. So I, I love that you bring that up because it's actually, it is, it's interesting. Like Victorian era sexual ethos, as we understand it, we're sort of like anything we're looking at in the past, we're looking at it through our lens of like everything in the past was more conservative. And usually we're filtering it through the lens of like the past as we specifically have experienced it. So I'd say like, right. we're going to think about it from the 1950s and then just like dial it up a notch. But mm-hmm. In reality, Victorian era sexuality was in some ways way freakier than it is now. And like granted, people were walking around in way more clothing, but uh, you were also doing like way kinkier stuff in in a in a normalized setting. And like because there weren't like the amount of surveillance we have, you could get away with so much more. And right. there's plenty yeah. of porn from that era that shows that people were doing all sorts of crazy shit. Like that was not alien to them at all. And and we have so much evidence that like. I mean, consider the presence and power of brothels and sex work and the way that, yeah. like, so many women, especially in the founding of the, of the U.S., is driven mm-hmm. by by the sex work industry. And how many... Manifest it, destiny. Like, yeah, and, pretty and, much entirely. And so much of, like, uh, politics have been conducted historically in places of sex work and... and yeah. I mean, how many founding fathers died with syphilis? Like, we are really, we actually project a prudery onto them that was not the case. They were much more about manners and much yeah. more about yeah. social roles than they were about yeah, the etiquette and the, and the propriety. Do you, yeah. do, you, do you know Thad Russell, Thaddeus Russell? I do not. Uh, I, I interviewed him on my program, The Political Orphanage, and he wrote a book called American Renegade History that is in complete sync with the thesis that you just outlined. His his thing is he thinks the battle in America has never been between conservatives and progressives. It's always been between reprobates and authoritarians mm-hmm. and that, that the reprobates are actually the driving force for freedom. That like when you go back and you look like women's rights was to a large extent pushed forward by madams 
uh, because they were like, hey, like I'm running this business and I would like to keep my money and I would like a say in how my money is spent in taxes. And uh, we're able to do that. And then like like outside of sexuality, um, you, you go back and I, I know this kind of blows the mind of a lot of like hagiographic conservatives who view the the founding of the, like everybody was wonderful. It's like, well, like we know per capita that in Philadelphia at the signing of the Declaration of Independence that there were both more pubs and brothels at that time than there are today. Like there were more pubs per person in Philadelphia right. then than there are now. And like the average amount of alcohol consumption was insane. It was like, Oh yeah. You, you like the average American would drink in effect, like uh, a, like a quarter of a bottle of, of whiskey per day or something crazy like that. Like, it's a safer like a, a, way to get water. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're, and they were the also just, like just roaring, which explains a lot of, I think explains a lot about world history as well. Like you have to remember that like, much of world history, people were just drunk, like really drunk. Uh, like, yep. like Stalin, the last 10 years of his life was drunk off his gourd, uh, like like a lot of the Middle Ages. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm going to take us back to our first My bad, sorry. fucking news. No, this is great. This is what we do. Well, and then I just go, we're going to Stern. And uh, now we're going to talk about a thing uh, that is, again, related to the pandemic. So there's a lot of things you can't do right now. And one of the things most people suggest you don't do is go to a giant fucking swingers convention. And yet, Mm. despite that, and despite the fact that uh, New Orleans did not allow legally this event to happen, um, there was a super spreader, which is just uh, like a triple entendre (laughs) (laughs) don't even ask me how (laughs) nice it took me a second and then i was like that okay well played well played nice uh but yeah nani norlands which is a a big name in swingers events in the before times and and would have huge turnouts sure in person decided to do an in-person event because they got tired of their virtual events and uh to absolutely no one's surprise, at least uh, <laughs> 41 people, as of this article that was from, I think, December 2nd, at least 41 people have uh, tested positive, and I would imagine there there will probably be more. And most of yeah. them are asymptomatic or mild, but at least one person has been hospitalized already. Um, the event uh, had somewhere between 250 and 300 attendees and so far the positive positivity rate is between 13 and 16 percent which is again i imagine it's going to go up yeah the bit, the bit well, that confuses me is shouldn't it be 42 it's the odd person out that that it concerns me i feel like it should be 42 no, that means either somebody was like really not into it and they were just waiting in a broom closet <laughs> or alternately like it's somebody already been boning it's, people with COVID and, oh, yeah. and hadn't mentioned it to the spouse that showed up. It should be even. Oh, this isn't no, just this polyglots. a swap. There's, yeah, this is. Yeah, this is polyglots. It's like a group of three, a group of two, one uh, person okay. who paid right. twice as much as anybody else did to get there. Well, oh, somebody this is how, showed up. My, my hopelessly outdated swingers model is like a 1950s key party. And I gathered oh, okay. that yeah. it's somewhat of the culture since then. The Air Force. Yeah. That's who started those. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, we talk about that. But they were doing that. Yeah, that's what you do. Yeah, yeah it's it's all about keeping it in the neighborhood. You want to make sure everybody's good. Look Next out for your you brother. A nineteen forties pinup thing. Remember, dead veterans were masturbating to it at some point. There was a guy yes. in a trench. Like that's what that was there for. Given what we were talking about with the like the 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 um, Renaissance and the Enlightened era and shit like that, it was like yeah. Also, all of those statues were born. <laughs> Every naked person you see posed or in a painting why wouldn't they put clothes on them no because they wanted to see titties that's just 
who we are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, that is, that, I mean, look, there was, if a, a fucking uh, Zeus was great, why did they let his dick hang out? Like, that just seems to be a point where you would be a little more shy, right? But no, dick out, standing, broad shoulders, the triangle. Yeah, they they. there's a reason why it's a triangle and not some weird uh, rhombus. <laughs> that, was, that was a wonderful rant. That was so, <laughs> that combined sex and classical antiquity. And then finally, like in the, the last minute, you just, Finished it off with jo- geometry. Very impressive. <laughs> but yeah, porn. porn is been it's been it's we love it. We've for years commissioned the greatest artists of our time to make it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, okay. So I have to ask you guys a very important question. I, I would I would like advice. I'm aware that I should be paying you. However, <laughs> I, me me being careful in terms of meeting people and being socially distanced, I'm getting real backed up. And I would like to know what you think would be the appropriate way to deal with this, because uh, the the ideal would be, I guess, like I get a girlfriend. Uh, however, um, right now I'm finding that, like, first of all, any anytime you meet anybody physically, uh, and you 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 break the barrier into their pod, it's like you have to have the conversation akin to when you first have sex without a condom, like with everybody. Like it's like my friend Barry. Oh, it's and I'm like, even hey, before we do this, I don't want to imply anything about you, but how who many, how many other people are you doing this with, and are we doing this uh, yeah. exclusively? And and then you go on a date, and it's like the other person, I can see it in their eyes. They're like, is it worth risking murdering my parents with a pandemic mm-hmm. to see this man naked? Mm-hmm. And uh, to be honest with you, I don't know that it is. So I, I'm not sure what the proper step should be. I mean, this is this is a whole thing. Yeah, I keep talking to friends who are single, and they're like, the conversations we have to have now just to sit near each other without a mask on are yeah. so many, so much more intense than they've ever talked about. Like, hey, do you have herpes? You know, because like a lot of people do. <laughs> I should probably just ask first, right? <laughs> and the the only people who are able to like do this without being like eh, 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 are like poly people who are very used to already navigating this who yeah. like this was already a part of how they figure out time management and like sexual safety things and that kind of stuff where people were already navigating like who's fluid bonded and then who's not and and like dynamics like that it's like super hard and then i talked to somebody who they have a friend in the uk where the bubbles are apparently actually registered you like officially become registered that this is a person in my pod and apparently oh. that's to help with contact tracing or something i would imagine like oh, okay. that oh yeah totally that makes sense and or then, just straight up british proceduralism yeah they're like we can't queue anymore <laughs> we know that queuing is our national pastime but we're not able to queue so absent queuing we ask that everyone fill out who they're queuing with in private <laughs> but then you end british up with, people like, will they will stand like go if you go to england british people i'm not making this up they will one person will form a one-person queue. You can see them doing it. You could look and you could see them. One person will stand in line and form a line, and other people will do it instinctively like geese flying. It's amazing. They love queuing. This is fun. Um, yeah, and then you you end up in this, like, registered bubble with someone, and you legally can't cheat on each other. <laughs> like, that's the thing. It's like it is Whoa. now because it's, like, an official... Wow. Registration. If you go outside of that bubble, you are violating. That shit is attempted murder, dog. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, you haven't even murder. You are you are playing Russian roulette with everybody's lungs. You can't do that. So it's like I haven't even had a discussion. Like, so what are we? Because <laughs> it doesn't matter. Because the government right. decided for you. 
Wait, so is the long story short of this that I should just wait for a vaccine and then hope everybody's really horny? Is that is that the long story short? Just double down on Zoloft and porn? Well, I mean, oh my God, if you're if you're on Zoloft, you are you are tripling down on porn. That should anyway. But um, the the uh, the hookup apps have tried to pivot in this era to uh, video dates and getting to know people through screens. And then coming to the conclusion after these conversations that you may want to meet in real life and perhaps exchange fluids. I'm gonna yeah, put, I'm screwed. I'm screwed because I'm, I'm, I'm not very good at online right dating. Now. Like I, I'm very charming in person, but online dating, I kind of come off as a weirdo, and it's like, yeah. Oh, just, oh, you know what? I'm, I'm never, just gonna double down on the That's what I'm gonna do. So, Get a dog. Yeah, sorry. So I just put something in the chat because this is something that I just found out about the other day, and it blew my mind. So. Most of the methods that people are doing, like video dating, either like Skype or Zoom or, or you know, social media, things like that, technically have um, user agreements in terms of service that say you can't have sexual content. So, like, um, you know, mm -hmm. Skype will shut you down if there's nudity. Like, they have machine learning to notice if there's boobs or whatever, and they will take away your right. whole entire account. And, like... Zoom, like they originally tried to have these these orgies on Zoom, and because again the machine learning that would read the chat is how they figured out what was happening because they're not actually monitoring the call. Oh, that's hilarious! Yeah, uh, but here is an option for folks. It is called Rare Bird Calls, and I just put it into the chat if y'all want to check it out. There's also like some cute naked people on it if you want to go look at that. Yeah, I was gonna say this is a nice little designed website. Yeah, yeah, and and basically the idea is I think this is is more specifically created for sex workers who are doing like you know video stuff and don't you know who are basically doing like one-on-one -on -one camming kind of ideas um or right. you know if your 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 paramour or whatever is long distance um then you don't have to be beholden to the the baddies at google so like yeah. Yeah, so this is this is a fun option for people. Rare bird calls. Shout out to the baddies at Google. They've gotten a good press the past few days. Have they? Wait, Just what did I miss? They had an AI ethicist, a black lady, uh, quit uh, in the light that they told her to stop. Uh, she had a paper written about ethics and AI, and they said, uh, yeah, uh, people up top said, take this paper away. We, we do not want you to submit it. And she was like, well, typically we have conversations about this. Um, why? And they were like, just do it. And she was like, okay, well, check this out. I quit unless you give me a list of the people who had problems with it, what they said, what those conversations were, and give me a chance to rebut it. Uh, she, she sent a letter that said, if you don't give me these things, I will resign. And in resigning, we can pick a date that I actively quit, and I will give you my two weeks. Let me know. And they called her back and said, well, you're fired. They they were like, you can't quit. You're fired. It's, it's always a really good sign when a company says, don't publish that thing on ethics. That's always yep. a really good sign that things yep. are going well. Remember Ain't when their something? whole thing was like, just don't be evil? And then they like quietly yeah. took that away. And this was the woman who essentially made her bones on the um, realization. She's the one that did the study to show that uh, – Facial recognition is great for white men, but is like 35% of the time wrong on black women. And it has to do with implicit bias and racism in just who they're, the faces that they're picking to run this stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, so, you know, she was apparently, you know, had a good career ahead of her, was doing good things in the industry under Google's name and uh, Alphabet. 
the owners of Google, and then they decided, um, yeah, you don't even work here no more, cause, cause nah. Yeah, it's a whole thing. Uh, it's fun on the internet. Uh, has nothing to do with fucking. Look, <laughs> if you bring it back to a rhombus, I'm waiting for the rhombus. <laughs> <laughs> if you wanna have sex with people, that I understandable, but come on. Everybody is doing stuff to everybody's pivoting. Can we just use business jargon and act like it actively invigorates us and it builds some synergy and we can make a tiger team and make this happen? Can we just act like that shit actively works and just say everybody is pivoting? Excuse me, Daryl. I've never had a full-time job. What's a tiger team? Oh, a tiger team is uh, when you decide to get three or less or up to three experts to attack a problem. Uh, from the top, a.k.a. Uh, middle management saying, we need to figure this out before we give the money to the experts, uh, how to properly make this a process that uses every rung of the corporate ladder. So now I'm situation, just... This would, this would be three sex experts designing a <laughs> diagram for the peons like me, <laughs> where they're going, listen, before y'all fuck, we've decided we're using this lube we're gonna do Twister. That's yeah. fine. I'm all in favor of this. Mm -hmm. okay. That and the, but the Tiger team would be the ones to put that plan what, together. Wait, wait, before, if, if you guys are, could we just wear gas masks and bang? Like, is that like would that work? With the, like a little uh, funnel that yeah. pops to like a yeah, like like like, like, a, yeah. like a like a proper like Cold War Whoa. like 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 you know mm, Mad no, Max kind of gas well, mask that would be good for the fallout. Would that work? You have to no. use condoms because it is found in semen. Yeah. And no it's, butt licking because it's right. it's found in fecal matter. So like rim jobs are really dangerous right now. Um, mm -hmm. So I mean, yeah. for the record, I'm you know what, <laughs> gas mask plus condom missionary style is more than enough uh, a pepper for me at the moment. Like I'm I'm I like that, really want to like, be safe. Doggy sounds style. really exotic Sorry. to me. That sounds wonderful. Yeah, I doggy mean, style reverse cowgirl, but you know. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, I don't know if you would really want like gas mask yeah. missionary popping but you know it's everybody has their thing because you're not used to you're not used to quite where the goggles are and stuff so you'd have to be mm -hmm. a little bit more careful okay and then also like i'm picturing being on the bottom with that right and everybody's got their mask mm -hmm. and it's got the little hangy part with the canister and then i just keep getting hit in the face with it all <laughs> like, oh, right yeah i'm not looking forward yeah. to that <laughs> okay yeah fair enough doggy style reverse cowgirl way to go yeah but it, yeah. it would work as long as i'm wearing a condom and a gas mask essentially Right. So maybe okay, maybe that's gonna be like the new the new COVID version of like I'll just like you'll drive by my house and I'll have like a gas mask and a condom on a post and you're like that guy fucks like that like, <laughs> like the back. <laughs> it's the new cup of coffee on the sink. Yeah, hell yeah. yeah. What's the cup of coffee Wait, on the sink? What is the yeah? What is the cup of coffee on the sink? The cup of coffee on the sink. Oh is, man, is that like a, is that like a tie on the door or a sock on the door? Yeah, well, this is happened to oh man, now I can't remember the guy's name, but it was like this politician. He was at the Minnesota airport, the best airport in the world. I've the, the best airport I've ever been to at the Minneapolis Larry or Craig? Minnesota. It's Larry Craig, right? Larry Craig, yep. Yeah. He was in the bathroom and he left a cup of coffee on the uh, sink in front of his stall, and that's apparently a signal uh. that you are in the stall, you're in the corresponding stall waiting for someone and so what happens is you put your feet wide and then you tap people on the feet on right. their feet yeah. and that's what he was caught doing he had the coffee out and he was tapping feet feet people, uh, people don't realize how intricate the language and furtive manners of communicating are for gay closeted republican senators 
it like well, the, I mean, the, the level of, of intricacy national treasure level impressive. shit yeah. yeah back of the declaration of independence has directions on how to get you know um like oh man i was gonna try to think of the the name of the lady from the scarlet letter um but prudence? no prudence prudence, prudence? Yeah. yeah it's like the, on the back of the declaration of independence is like instructions on how uh prudence gets to fucking um nathaniel hawthorne or whatever and then i'm also thinking of like applying a modern day hanky code maybe to this as well because mm -hmm. i feel like hanky code is very lost art what is a hanky code oh so oh. so hanky oh. code you're welcome was a, <laughs> was especially... you, on, are, are your listeners gonna think i'm like an amish person <laughs> no, like, no, how, no 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 this how, is how, me how, like how, how knowledgeable am i so far I'm just so excited that I like you just like you just set you just like you came up and you set the ball on the tee and you said, here you go. Yeah, mm -hmm. And I was like, thanks. So <laughs> now I get to talk about hanky code. Uh, but it was especially popularized among like gay male culture. This is largely in the 80s, I would say um, it, it lasted for several decades. But what you can convey to a person uh, about your sexual preferences by what color of hanky and what pocket you put it in so uh -huh. if you put it in one pocket versus the other might indicate whether you're more like pitcher or catcher and also if uh -huh. you have interests in like uh, bdsm practices so like if you're down for um like p play or you want to do some bondage stuff or something like that the the corresponding uh, colors and positions can convey that to people so you don't necessarily have to have like this is before apps right like okay. this is all information that you would probably like, put I gotta on your... say though, it feels very understated and tasteful. Like it just that seems like ah, he's into ass play. Good. Yeah. Like like you know like like that's that's his thing. Oh, I like wingtips and ass play. As yeah. opposed, like you know, like, it seems a little bit more graphic and direct on a day. I, I I like it. Seems a bit more erotic. Yeah. So but I mean, I, I love, think I love pocket squares and blazers. So all of this sounds great. Yeah. This is exactly except it's in the back pocket and it's like left or right. Oh, and okay. yeah, but you can you can you know give it a zhuzh. Well, you know, get the corner popping, do your thing. But yeah, the left or the right has to do with the yeah, the receiving or or giving and the co different colors. Look, uh, have some fun on Wikipedia tonight. Yeah, and donate. They are Wait, asking so for this, this is like this is like semaphore for mm -hmm. gay sex. Yeah, this is absolutely, amazing. absolutely, or all kinds of sex. But yeah, it was just great. Very well, this is good to know. Yeah, then, then I can I, then I can finally use my semaphore skills. And like you know, bring it over. Like have gas mask on ship, come at dawn. Yeah, this is perfect. Yeah, I think I think we can really I think we can really bring that back now, um, and be very very specific because I think that's one of one of the really big barriers, right? Is like people are like, do I really want to go to all the trouble of like having this person come into my bubble? And I'm not even sure we're on the same page, but I really like. I want a very specific thing, you know? And, like, what if what they want is to, like, get married? <laughs> and I'm like, no, no. Right. Yeah, I true. want golden showers or whatever, you know? You should have told me this already. <laughs> yeah. All I My bladder's is already full. You. It's too late to know this new information. <laughs> yeah. So DTF is officially declared hanky code bad. <laughs> Yeah, let's bring it back, y'all. I feel like it's honored to be here for the epicenter of the new movement. Yeah, it like probably it like never went away thanks to like the bike stop. Probably. Also, we I'm doing a fundraiser for the bike stop. I'll have more information about that on sexatibri.com. But the bike bike stop, I would argue, is the last remaining gay bar in Philly. Like gay. 
there's a whole downstairs where it's like people don't always go down there there are many people who've been to the bar many times and never went downstairs that's what i'm saying mm. is is there is there a word for like the straight gentrification of a hate a gay bar is that because i i know that yeah. like my my favorite bar in the world is marie's crisis in manhattan uh which is a it was a gay bar now like it was a gay bar where everybody sang show tunes and then folks like me who are heterosexual but love show tunes kept showing up and they're like i guess mm. we're a show tunes bar now uh, and it's still like kind of a gay bar like it's very like you know lots of rainbow flags and things but it's not necessarily like 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 you don't know if a guy is there that they're going to be gay yeah like, yeah that's i mean there's definitely got to be somebody's definitely got to have like a system for that but like that is literally like a stage in gentrification right like so it's like mm-hmm. it's like black and brown people and then the gays come in is like a phase of gentrification too mm-hmm. and then yeah. art kids art kids and the and gays kids then college students then the whole foods when that whole yeah. food goes up it's over it's no longer starbucks cool. Starbucks like, first, like 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 because uh, again, Daryl, you were in uh, Baltimore and but and in DC for a bit, I think, right? No, oh, you, no, you, no so just just Baltimore. Right? So I was kind of lumping you in a cellar. Well, when when I moved to DC, uh, like the the H Street corridor was like really cool, but also a little bit dangerous. Like you might like like mm-hmm. like some guys would just like walk around with socks full of quarters and they'd like smack you and take your money and stuff. But at the same time, it was where all the really cool bar were, bars were, and then they put it into Whole Foods yeah. and it was like we're done. This is now now yeah. it's just. Now it's just you know they figured cool. it out. Those yeah. those brands bring with it uh, enhanced police tactics, mm. I believe are what they are colloquially called. Whoa, um, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. So on that note, ah. <laughs> so on that note, ah, twenty twenty. Isn't that isn't that the way all the conversations go? Yeah. It, uh. it, at some point we we talk about COVID. At some point we talk about police brutality. At some point we talk about depression and our ways of dealing with it. <laughs> like, no, I, I already mentioned Zoloft. Okay, We're good. We've, we've, we've now we've, we've hit yeah. it. Like, bingo. <laughs> Somebody won bingo. Life cycle. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> I think our takeaway from that story is we would all, we would, not everybody, but a lot of us would very much like to be going to giant orgies right now. And, and mm-hmm. we just, we have to take a couple for the team. And it's not even necessarily because it's going to hurt me. I'm going to have a terrible time, but it has to do with the number of essential take workers. Take a couple for the team. You mean not take a couple for the team. Yeah. Right? I'm going to not yeah. take a couple for the team. Yeah. Because yeah. Take all the takes that you weren't going to take in eulogy for the team. Yeah. Because part of my team includes all the people who uh, are not, you know, like choosing, you know, to be at work. They just have to go to work. That's part of their job. And and we're putting them at risk. And we're doing it for the team of the people that work at hospitals. Like, could you guys fucking stop so I could take a five minute smoke break (laughs) ever again? (laughs) I want to give a shout out to the. 1750 people that attended that conference last year mm. that did not decide to go yeah. and spread disease no, yeah, that's uh right. you know like it's of course the people who did it are we can call them dummies and all kinds of things i will say i completely understand the sentiment yeah of like there is no plan in place fuck this i'd rather die however kudos to the people who are in this new orleans group who the overwhelming majority was like nah y'all try to kill people with this shit and i'm staying home so yeah i know there are probably a few of those people there's like a couple like 
Facebook groups that like the messages are kind of lagged because they knew half of them was going and the others didn't. And then somebody set this uh, article to the chat at like four o'clock in the morning <laughs> and it was read by everybody by 430, but nobody said nothing until Tuesday. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> wait, hold on. Wait, I had another brilliant idea. All right. Follow me on this one. A condom wall. Like, you know, you know when they're, when they're painting and they, they put up like a like a plastic wall so that the spray paint doesn't get up on you, right? Okay. I'm thinking like just a giant condom sheet that hermetically seals one one side of the room from the other. And I think oh. you're completely good. Wait, like, isn't that like, one of Dante's circles of hell? All of the people <laughs> who go to hell for fornication or whatever forever cannot touch each other except for like a few of them can like hold hands. Isn't that literally in Inferno? Wait, Holy so the, 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 the state I am in is I am rooting. I'm like, man, I sure <laughs> you would are like rooting for a circle of hell, hell to that happen. Great to me right now. Yeah. <laughs> and it, 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 randomly, um, I did read an article about a long care living facility that was doing that. They were creating rooms with like a plastic sheet so that uh, you could hug your loved ones. Like it had like oh. armholes in it, and so like yeah for the elderly they could like hug and talk to their loved ones but they had a plastic sheet so oh. that they wouldn't kill each other oh people look, so you're telling me if, if, I, if i'm okay with with banging an old person i could go to this and it's already set up like, this is, the hardware is already there like, the hardware is there and i mean I if all you're trying there. to avoid is pregnancy you're good so, yeah, you're right. I mean, like, if, if, if I managed to impregnate an octogenarian uh, through a, a plastic condom wall post-menopause, I mean, that, that kid is supposed to live. That's supposed right. you, to be. That's going to be a thing. You have found a new job for yourself. Yeah, the universe has spoken. Yeah. I'm very potent. You know what? Yeah. That is a phenomenal <laughs> goddamn segue to our next piece of fucking news. Yeah. Hey. I feel like... Uh, <laughs> like that was almost intentional but we're gonna take it to our next story which is sad and upsetting to me at least (laughs) there is there's a new uh documentary that is currently available on hbo go get hbo because if you get hbo max and you get to see all the marvel movies but um anyway Uh, dc 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 DC, i'm going to hell oh no i'm going to nerd hell okay it's okay it's fine no it's okay we're not like that but i just you know hey oh and also those dc movies like i mean come on you're not missing a ton but they did announce today that they're going to release everything that they have for 2021, like on HBO now, which is kind of neat. Like when it comes out in the theaters, they're putting it up for streaming for like two, a week. It's going to and change then, theaters forever. This is going to be wild. It's, it really is like people were saying like, oh, this is the death knell for theaters. Mm-mm. This, I was like today, I was like, oh boy. Like they need to do what malls are doing and like dedicate community rooms. Just to try to get people to show up. Like, it's bad. I mean, bad. I miss movie theaters. I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I have been watching a lot of movies, so I'm getting plenty of movies in. But I miss mm-hmm. pretzel nuggets and cheese and a flask of whiskey. There is nothing like going to a, me- to a yeah. movie theater to watch. It can be trash. It can be a movie I don't yeah. even like. But because... Well, now you can rent a theater? 
That's sure. true. I should just do that. And, and co- yeah, comedies. And, I've, comedies. It, it's just it, it's experiential, experientially different to to have a group laughing. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think there's been lots mm-hmm. of studies to this that we actually we laugh harder. We enjoy it more when there's people around us. It yeah. is a communal experience. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this goes back to our next piece of fucking news, which is that there is an HBO documentary uh, called Baby God, and it is. Um, fun piece of cinema about a fertility doctor who was in like the Las Vegas region and he operated a women's hospital for many years and in that time uh, inseminated a huge number and uncounted because we do not know but probably hundreds Mm. he had thousands of fertility patients but it was inseminating people with his own sperm now there's background on this which is that like prior to um the modern era like fertility treatment wasn't a thing where you like did ivf like before that was an option before we understood genes all this kind of stuff it was it was actually incredibly common for guys who were in medical school to be hired to donate sperm because it's like well they must be of some good stock right like they must be some kind of smart or something and so it was not uncommon for the mcats right yeah (laughs) come in this come 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 on come over here and come you come from wealthy Lutheran people. Yeah, you know. Um, and then, like... What religion is the sperm? Is it Lutheran or Baptist? Because we're hoping to have a family of attorneys, and, and uh, we don't think the Baptists could really cut it. <laughs> but it was, like, it was fairly normal early on for, like, not only medical doctors to be uh, donating their sperm while they were in med school, but also because there wasn't technology for, like, sperm banks. You didn't keep sperm on ice. It needed to be oh, live. Oh, you needed it hot and ready. The like yeah. old bucket in the middle of the town. It needs to be, like, fresh hey. delivery. And the situation is that this particular doctor... Uh, Pick up! I'm sorry. Uh, That's a lot of pressure. Uh, Mr. Heaton, if you would sit in this room over here, the woman you don't know is ovulating, and you've got to jack off and come in the next three and a half minutes so we can now, rush her into enough. her groin. It's got to be enough. I mean, challenge accepted. We need a couple ropes, dog. Yeah, you should not have masturbated for a week prior to a donation. Mm, you know. mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, but these yeah, he the, was. These are the tricks of the trade. This, this doctor, uh, Quincy Fortier. Um, not only was inseminating people who thought they were getting like their own husband's sperm without telling them, he was inseminating people who hadn't gone in for fertility treatment. Um, so that sucks. And Wait, what? Yeah, <laughs> Wait, like, like somebody's coming like, I think I've got a gallstone, and he's like, no problem, we're just gonna knock you out. And like, wow, okay, I didn't like, know that. Yeah, so Dude, quite now, quite I think literally. he's a jerk. Quite literally, not only was he deceiving people about whose sperm they were getting when they went in for fertility treatment, but there were women who went in for unrelated medical issues because this Mm. is... So we're talking about Las Vegas decades and decades ago. The population was actually majority female because of the nature of why Las Vegas was built and who was working there. And so Mm -hmm. they started this hospital, this women's hospital with um, a number of male gynecologists and um, obstetricians because, again, we're talking about several decades ago, so most of the doctors were male. And, yeah, um, yeah he was inseminating people who did not go in for that. And then, to, I mean, I hesitate to spoil this documentary, but it turns out he's a piece of shit in general. Um, what? Yeah, surprising. This guy who does not respect boundaries... Um, or or care about consent turns out to be um, 
Well, spoiler alert, he molested his own children and stepchildren. Um, so, yeah. General... Now I double don't like him. Yeah. I was okay. <laughs> I was okay with the inseminating lots of women and lying to them about who the sperm was. I mean, that's a pretty funny prank. But when you do it, people right. don't even want the sperm, including children. You, sir, have crossed a line. Yeah. Like the children is where it's too far. Look, yeah, yeah. There's hey. This Look, is this is I am I am a Lutheran. I'm not Catholic. This is bullshit. <laughs> There was a. I come from proud Victorian sperm. They would never do this kind of thing. <laughs> this this whole thing. Except for that came... one king. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. Um, so this all came to light because one uh, one woman who retired from being a detective needed to fill her spare time, but decided to go on Ancestry.com. Why? Oh, look at that! Look and then, at that! And then found hundreds of half siblings and then proceeded to like look into this and that's how she discovered that this was happening and to this day there's more and more kids that are emerging and and that it that it appears were either patients of his or some other kind of situation like that but um this documentary follows her around as she interviews these people including um i'm gonna spoil this i'm just gonna spoil this um dr fortier's own stepdaughter who was not sexually active became pregnant when she was a teenager despite again not having been sexually active and he Jesus ref- baby. yeah and he refused to let her have an abortion and despite being a man of science said that um you know maybe this was a miracle sent her to an he was un- still a good christian uh-huh. he was still a good christian despite all this stuff. Do dog. there's so much you could be forgiven for yeah uh sent her to a home for unwed mothers in a different state and um mm. there she she had a kid that she gave up for adoption who they speak to in the documentary um so we're talking about a dude who like not not only was like did they do things differently back then but was just a terrible a person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, the, the the reason why we have checks and balances in systems, the reason why we're supposed to stick to rules and not just who we think are good people is to stop monsters like this. And yes. uh, this is not the first time we've covered this kind of story on this show. There are over two dozen doctors in the U.S. alone who have who been... have done this yeah. same racket. Yeah. So, yeah. so can I ask, and I'll preface this, I am, I Did too am horrified. Group? That's what I want to know. I too am horrified by this man. So like the, the fact that I'm about to ask like a, a question that's not balking at him, I'm balking now. I have, I have balked, noted in the log. Yeah, oh. yeah it is. Um, okay. What, what, I, what I'm curious about is like at first reading the headline, I was like, oh, okay. I assume that what's happening is that this guy is channeling evolutionary psychology of like i should reproduce as much as i can but then the more i read it was like no it's like he's actively trying to fuck people up like it like like just like like he gets he gets off on the violation of boundaries or something it seems i'm not saying that it would be acceptable either way however it seems like it is not just an inappropriate uh deployment of i wish to reproduce but rather like a whole other thing and that's just like a, a weapon in the arsenal it's yeah it's right. interesting that you you say evolutionary psychology because evolutionary psychology as a perspective and i say this as a person who wrote a dissertation that started out from an evolutionary psychology perspective it's crap science and it's largely straight white men justifying the way that history has gone and hmm. 
it is not science because it's unfalsifiable because they're basically saying everything that has happened did so for these reasons and there's no way to test any of these hypotheses it's basically like post hoc looking back and saying well we're we're ahead because we're better and like all of these things happen because that's the way that it naturally goes. Well, I'm, I'm presumably I'm misapplying the term. Then when yeah, I no, said no, evolutionary no. psychology, what I meant was no. I think you you're know, right. The, I think you're the, right. The, the evolutionary impulse to reproduce, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, what, yeah. What, what, what would be a better label? No, for I think to use I, than... I think you were absolutely on point. I think that that is the argument that would be made is that there's definitely some MRA guy who is on like Reddit right now. Um, arguing that this is the logical thing for a guy to do, and right, if you had the power, you would ex- you would execute it that way because it's not your fault. That is the the psychopathic, uh, you know, uh, MRA bullshit. It's like, yeah, no, it, it's you would do this because you had the power, and if you have the power, you would make this happen. It's not you that did it; it's your genes. You you just want to get people pregnant. And so you you ruined hundreds of lives because yeah, there's nothing wrong with you. You just you you felt the impulse better. You, you're more in touch with the force. It's fucking <laughs> yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. I think you really I think you really nailed actually how this sort of thing gets justified. And and this the, yeah. the question is like no one will ever know why he did it because the only right. um, the only cases that actually happened in his life like he never lost his medical license. He he died yeah. at what ninety six is a respected like former doctor of the year medical license yep. ever revoked. I think there were two cases where, uh, but but they they settled out of court and yeah. part of the settlement was that the people wouldn't bring up the horrible stuff he did. Yeah, it was yeah. Like NDAs and he, and he he acknowledged paternity over I think their their children. Yeah, but not the at least twenty six other confirmed children. Right. Yeah, he left open the possibility for more. Um, and it's yeah, it's interesting because mm-hmm. they they also talk to his known biological children, the ones who like they knew it was their dad because he was married to their mom, kind of children. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And a couple of them stood by him, and that's gotta be bananagrams. Like I want, I I hope those people get it's, therapy because that's yeah. gotta be it's a tough spot. The sheer mind fuck that would happen to everybody involved in that equation because it's not it's right. not the fault of his legitimate issue where the people that have a surname it's not their fault right they were just born into the world no. like all these other pins and then for the people that find out that they're one your your dad is not who you thought it was that you know even even though your dad is your dad your your actual biological right. paternity is different that's still like gonna have some things in there right and then also like like my like i had these like dueling things in my mind again having prefaced that all of this is horrible i was like all right silver lining maybe you get a bunch of new siblings and I'm like, well, maybe, but you also might not like them. Like, like it might be that, like, you suddenly are now, like, you're now a part of this group that you didn't know you were a part of or want to be a part of. And like, yeah. I, maybe, maybe some of them are like, let's do a, you know, let's do a family Thanksgiving. And the other one's like, what? Like, no, I, like, I'm, I'm 48. I don't know who you are. <laughs> right. Yeah. It, it's and all of that, and and I think that he, there is no way that this dude did not think about that on. Vagina number ninety six. Like, like this what am is I doing? In, what am I doing here? Out. You know, the first right. ninety times it was kind of automatic, but now that I, I'm it was approaching kind of like hundred, I, I had to come, come on my hands. My you know, the first time I had just come, my pants were wet. 
I didn't think it was a ladder accident. I was adjusting a light bulb. I happened to have an ejaculation. It was a really big accident, but then no one noticed. No one noticed. It's like when you embezzle and you like you you use the wrong account, no one calls you, and you're like, maybe I'll do it again. (laughs) Tenths of a cent, fractions of a cent. (laughs) You know? And it's just like the first time that happened. And so, you know, then it worked. And then I was like, well, maybe, maybe I'm out here pumping out Dobermans. Like they don't even fucking play they go straight for the ovaries and then you know i did 10 of those and then after that i was like well oh man i mean i am actually forwarding refrigeration technology by saving all this come okay so that's how i got to 70 but then i was like oh my god like i mean i am actively pulling single sperm out in pipettes i am pushing the science forward and then at 90 you go no i'm a monster i'm just a monster i have never cared about the science of it. I've never tried to, it doesn't matter. The technology wasn't the lore. The the helping people wasn't the lore. The seeing happy families wasn't the lore. I just wanted mm-hmm. to psychopathically put my semen in as many people as possible because something is wrong with me. And I, I think it's, you know, like there's a the question is like, did he think that he was genetically superior to them? Because there's something to be said for like someone mm-hmm. who's like, a cartoonish villain right it's like i'm super smart and therefore genetically i'm superior or whatever and he maybe thought that but like he continued to do this well into his 70s and like while a man continues to make new sperm as opposed to like eggs which are just like you're born with the number of eggs you're gonna have they don't stay the same quality forever and you Mm. are not actually necessarily doing anybody a solid by giving someone the sperm from a 70 something year old because like you have higher rates of a number of disorders that are significant like i would schizophrenia is actually one of them like you might you might well give someone uh, a situation like that that you are not you're not like fucking master race in that shit at all i think there are many reasons that what he did was horrible (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah so uh dr quincy forcier wherever the fuck you are i'm gonna find you i have a very limited set of skills no i have i have a lot of skills but one of them it's fucking dudes up <laughs> yeah you're gonna get motorcycled on take so, that so, uh, awkward question Let, let's let's say that 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 either of you we're in a similar situation where you you take a, D, a DNA test and it turns out that you have twenty six at least twenty six half siblings. Mm. What what would you propose that your relationship be with them? Would you would you want to know them? Would would you would, are they strangers that just happen to also get preemptively screwed? What would you want I'd, to do? I'd see if they were cool because like I feel like if uh, like if he happened to also have some sort of skill set that would would allow us to form a contingent that could be like some kind of crime syndicate. Mm. I mean. I feel like there's a lot of possibilities yeah. for like a series, like a TV show for this. Yeah, I, I'd ask him for money. I've got 26 new relatives. I'd be like, yeah, <laughs> hey, listen, I could really, I'm hard up, buddy. And like, yeah, man, you are my brother. Loan me a couple hundred. I swear I'll get it back to you real quick. <laughs> Is that, yeah, I just don't, I think, I mean, the rational to me answer is these people are strangers. Um, if, if strangers want to become friends because we have a shared trauma bonding or we went through something together, that's how friends are made regularly. So, you know, you, I can be your friend, but, um, 
I'm not looking for you. And if you find me, I'll give you the love of Jesus. I'm not going to tell you to fucking leave. But honestly, you got you got about two phone calls to impress the shit out of me. Before what's what's odd about this is I think if it were one like let let's say it turns out my father's far more interesting of a backstory than I thought and that he has (laughs) like there there was a child from a previous marriage I did not know about right and there's what I'd be like oh wow like I would really like to know you but if there were twenty six that's a tad overwhelming like if it's one it's like oh wow we're family we should twenty six I'm like ah that's oh man I don't whatever we share is bad. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you hang out really- with him, and like on the third yeah. time y'all are hanging out, he'd be like, "Yo, you ever just want to like grab a bus full of people and come in them?" You'd be like, "Whoa, whoa, hey!" <laughs> I just thought because we was related, I could express these feelings. No, no, we can't. <laughs> We're friends. We're not even friends. In fact. I haven't been here. No, I'm just saying. You have a seat. It's like not like a middle school. Hey, <laughs> it's just yeah. So I could see when it gets to more than a couple that you'd be like, whatever. I haven't come with y'all. I'm kind of chilling on. But yeah, I could see there's, every there's guy. Who, who, I, I'm I'm from Edmond, Oklahoma, and there's there's some guy uh, that like we follow each other on Twitter. I, my name's Andrew Heaton. His name's I think Jared Heaton. We're like we're probably related. So we just sort of assume we're cousins. <laughs> so like it's like yeah. okay, like we've never even physically met, but we're like chumming online. Like meanwhile, there's also this guy in Ohio named Andrew Heaton that I've known since college, just because he has my name. And every once in a while, like once every four years, his mom will email me by mistake, and I'll go, "Hey, Mrs. Heaton, it's uh, this is Andrew Heaton from Oklahoma. You're looking for your son, Andrew Heaton." And she's like, "Oh, you're like a son too," which is absolutely not true because we've never met. But oh. I'm like, I kind of like that. I kind of like these random connections that happen. <laughs> There's like a number. It's nice when it's not pathological. You're yeah. right. It's it's nice when it's like a pleasant thing I could walk away from. If yeah. it were an unpleasant thing that I was locked into for life, it would be a very different state. Yeah. There's there's like a a small number of Timorese in the world and uh I feel like we're all like but I was supposed to be the only one and uh <laughs> it's not quite Highlander but <laughs> Hey, look, you get all the queen you can. You know, I don't know where I hear. I got cous- I have cousins I know that I don't speak to. So like when I'm thinking about this, like I might possibly have relatives. I'm like, am I busy that week? You know, like that's really the question. You know, I guess this is my other thing. The, the, the reason that I'm I'm fixated on this, and and this is really jumping shark, and and I'll I'll, uh, I'll or jump, jumping topics, and I'll I'll I'll, I'll rein in. But I I think that we are living in a very alienated, very isolated mm-hmm. society, and I think that tremendous amounts of mental health issues and and distress are resulting from the fact that we are we are designed to be a communal species that has very intense interpersonal relationships on a daily basis and we have at some point we went or i could live in a box by myself <laughs> with a cat mm-hmm. and i'll watch netflix and like and now we're surprised that we're all sad and fucked up and so like i'm always kind of looking for like how can I make people less lonely? Like, what what is a method by which I could I could help everybody get some sense of community and belonging? I think this one's probably a bad one, but you could see why my mind was like, huh, maybe we could turn this into something good. Yeah. Sure. Daryl and I both looked around for our cats. 
<laughs> no, uh, um, I'm, I'm pretty sure uh, Hannibal shenanigans hissed. Oh. Uh, he's somewhere in the room with me, and then James Bond was on the left, and we both did the what the fuck right, at the, the record, same time. I have neither cat nor dog, so in the in the oh, in the sadness alone hierarchy, I'm at the dead bottom. I have a plan. <laughs> well, I have a solution to all of her loneliness, and that is our next regular segment, and that is motherfucking game time. Yay! <laughs> This is brand new. They're always brand new. Um, that is multiple choice, and it has to do with. So this guy was trying to set world records in being a, a sperm donor, but these are world records in being a mom. Are you ready for oh. the Mom Olympics? Oh yes! I can't <laughs> wait for the Mom Olympics. Who would like to go first? Uh, I I'm gonna volunteer. I would love to go first. All right. So, uh, Andrew was up first. These are all multiple choice. I'm going to give you four options from which you can choose. And um, there's no reason you should know any of these. So, it'll be, like, yeah. largely luck. Like, just know that going in. It's like, you. It's there's no reason you should know these. <laughs> okay. First question. Nadia Sulman. And, and yet, mm -hmm. I deeply care that I beat Daryl. Continue, please. Okay. <laughs> oh, please. Yes. 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 I, I win a lot. So, you know, come, come for. This is the only thing I care about. Now. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Nadia Sulman, a.k.a. Octomom, set the world record for giving birth to eight babies who survived. That's what actually set the record. How many kids does she have total? So your choices are eight, 10, 14, 17. How many kids total? Does Nadia Sulman, a.k.a. Octomom, have? I think 10. Because I, th I think she, she, she shot for the moon and went eight, eight kids and then was like, you know what? I'll have, I'll have, and then she did twins. And then she's like, this is crazy. I have 10 children. I'm not like, why did I, why am I doing that? That's what I, I think 10. Is that your final answer? It is my final answer. The correct answer is 14. 14? Mm. She has 14 kids. The eight kids, the, the octo kids, were the last set. So she already had a whole yeah. bundle. Yeah, she already had six right, kids. Four kids. Uh, so I, I'm, not, I'm not that good at math. Yeah, but I feel like that's what, six kids that were yeah. already there? Is yeah. that right? Am I doing this right? When yeah. she was 33 years old with six kids, she had IVF and then had eight more. What okay? <laughs> what what do her and her husband? I assume she's married. What do her and her husband do for a living? No, I believe she was a single mom. Um, she definitely what? did do some octomom porn after she got famous. So definitely, because I I man, I'm gonna be a downer here. I feel like that's kind of irresponsible if you don't have sufficient income to have 14 Very children. True. Like when you already a have lot six of children the... and you're like, I'm gonna do IVF and have another eight kids. Like I mean, it costs like, a lot of money to do IVF. She must have that money at that point. Yeah, the the couples that tend to have these big tuplets um, tend to give talks around the country, <laughs> uh, especially about being a proponent of the quiverful movement, which is to uh, have more Christian children than anyone else to to finally turn the political tide. Uh, so it's it's this whole thing of like you know uh, go forth and multiply or whatever. It's like yeah, we made a bunch of children and we're gonna make them strictly are part of the book and so um we'll have more of them later and yeah, yeah. i think those the people who tend like the john and k plus eight the, the john dude 
was like going around and I'm sure she did until the money ran dry and she had to do porn or whatever. But I'm, but like, like, I'm not even like, I'm just like, like if, if I, I know a couple of people that like they're Catholic, they've had six kids and I'm like, great, more power to you. But 14, <laughs> like 14, so yeah. many that I'm like, you really like, you need to be able to take care of these children before you commit to this. Well, apparently according to Wikipedia, she's also a recording artist. Ooh. Great. <laughs> Good. Let's good. I'm glad she went with like a really solid, stable income. Yeah, yeah. Um, Every beat she sings on should have like popping noises, like the percolator. You know what? That said, though, they could probably have a really kick-ass family band. Fourteen kids and a mom, fifteen people. Like that's I, I like mean, you could you could have right. like a full orchestra. I feel like many. this is like the Jonas Brothers, where they actually had other siblings, but they weren't all in the band because they weren't all. Oh cute. my! Oh, that's say, uh, same thing with the Jacksons, right? Like the fourth the, Hanson. The Hansons, yes. Right. Wait, were there were there yeah. additional Hansons? It wasn't just the three so. of them. I thought there were a bunch of Hansons. It was like a like a Gordy Hanson who like just couldn't whiff it on the xylophone and they didn't let him in. Oh, I realized sad. I'm searching nah, for the term. Terrible Hansen on the family. bassoon, dog. Uh yeah, there's a lot of Hansons actually. There are a crapload. I would call them probably quiverful. They would probably be those people. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh Daryl, you mm. ready for your first question? Let's get it. Okay. Um, I don't know Russian, I'm going to mispronounce this. Mrs. Vasilyeva, a peasant woman from Shuya, Russia, has the world record for most recorded number of children uh, born from her. How many did she have? 26, 33, 51, 69. Ooh, come on. I want it to be 69, but I'm sure at baby 62, you, you just turn into a dust. Like it's just, just, it's a, um, so I'm going to go it's like with, opening a dryer, uh, like a, a, a kid <laughs> falls out. <laughs> right. Ah, it's a wait, ham. All right. No, wait, no kid. It's, it's, you look like Thanos snapped your fingers after kid 62. It just, whew, I don't, I don't feel so good. <laughs> and then it's. Rap. So yeah, uh, thirty three. Right? I, I might need yeah, to pause eight. you guys for a second because the car is pulling up. They probably want to know what I'm doing in the parking lot. Oh. Uh, oh. oh. This is exciting. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, it's okay. I like. I, I already like a sheriff swung by to talk to me earlier today, so I was like, okay, need to get ahead of this. But uh, I, I think he literally was just scoping out the vehicle. I apologize. Please continue. Okay. Oh, that's fine. All right. So so Daryl, your options are twenty six, thirty three, fifty one, sixty nine. B. 33 is your final answer? I can't be 51, man. I just, uh Wait, you said 26 or 30? 26, 33, 51, 69. Those are good numbers because it's like, those are good numbers. Thanks. Because you're like, you you hear D, you like, can't be D. But then the fact that D is so high makes you think that it might be C. But you'd be like, hell no. You can't have 51. Nobody has that many cells in their body. What are you talking about? And so, but like 29, it's like, that's a lot. But like 33, like if you hit 29, you'd probably be like, yo, we should might as well. Like, it's, it's like when they, when, like the rims kept getting bigger. And then it was like, oh, you got the spree wells, the 32 inches, because that's his, his number on the back. And it was like, now nah, it's 40 inches. Maybe, maybe we're going about this the wrong way. Talking about rims. Sorry. Maybe like you can just crank out thirty at a time, 
with the right IVF drugs in like the former Soviet <laughs> Union. Like, like okay, we had hot mom, but like they, they were like, no, we're going to give you like a full 30. And they're like, great, let's just bang it out, get it out of the way. That sounds awesome. I'll, I'll be retired. Yeah. And your, your, your birthing room looks like the last scene in Aliens. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to need more milk. Get in here, Sven. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the RN comes in with a flamethrower. Get your hands off of you, bitch. <laughs> just tubal ligation. Um, all right. Um, 30, the B. You, fuck it. A. Nah, A, A. I'm going to A. Yep, final answer, 26? Final answer. Okay. Yep. The correct answer was 69. <laughs> Shut the Wow. Yeah. So it was in 27 confinements is how they described it, including 16 Boy. pairs of twins, seven sets of triplets, four sets of quadruplets. Uh, and this bitch lived to be 76 years old. Because she was feeding on some of those babies. No one 69. ever thought of I mean, Dun Dunbar's number is 150. That's like half the people you can have relationships with. <laughs> like more than half. Already blown out of the water. Like, like it, it like, I, I don't know, like my, my dad after a drink will call me Gary. So like, like if you had 69 <laughs> kids, how on earth would you keep track of them? Recklessly, you're she she better have been the greatest goddamn recording artist in Russia if she was gonna have sixty nine <laughs> children. I think people didn't really care about their kids a whole lot in the same way. I mean, like they cared. They cared. That. Wait, wait. When is this? Is this like oh, last this week? Is, is this like twenty years ago? This is like this is the late seventeen hundreds. What? So this is new with IVF. This is just some no, mutant. No, she's just the. And the thing is, is, this is like borne out through a number of different sources. It's not just like one person said this. Like this is borne out in like multiple official sources from the time that her husband was married to her and had sixty nine kids with her, and then he had like another eighteen with another woman. Okay, it's it's the baby god, the prequel. Kind of, mm -hmm. except oh, cool. for like they was fucking. I so this not previously I didn't make deals with the devil, but now I think that there was some kind of deal made where there's like I I give you sixty nine kids, all you gotta do is sign this paper, and they were like deal because like I don't know how else you could have sixty nine children from I one mean, woman when they were like they suspect she's like a hyper ovulator that like the mm. the average person who has an ovary will have like one release per month, but that's uh -huh. not every single person with an ovary so some people release multiple ones per month and that would be the way that that would that would happen so she might have some kind of situation hormonally uh that that causes her to send out several soldiers at a time her okay her uh her but, fallopian but, tubes are shaped like uh didgeridoos <laughs> But 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 apparently oh, this is no. not like a a, a trait oh, that, that no. her descendants have because if that were the case if she had sixty nine kids and they all had like equally voluminous fallopian tubes Russia absolutely would have won the Cold War. I mean, like if like if, that, yeah. if we're like if we're if we're that many seventeen hundred that's what like reason, six generations. The reason no. we won World War II has less to do with the U.S. and a lot more to do with how many people were in Russia. To True. be honest. <laughs> Like yeah, they just had a yeah. lot of people. Good point. Thanks, lady. You saved us from the Nazis. <laughs> That's a good one. All right, Andrew, you ready for your next question? Yes. Okay. 
This one's not fun. Uh, the youngest recorded mother ever was oh. Lena Medina uh, of Peru, who in May of 1939 gave birth by C-section. At what age? How old was Lena? Five and a half, seven years, ten months, nine years, one month, eleven years, two months. Well, I mean, all of those except five and a half sound normal and acceptable. <laughs> uh, so I uh, get. Oh no! Oh no! We lost the Daryl. Okay, so it stopped recording. On the upshot, you now know that you've got my wave file. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Oh, we lost Daryl. Okay. Well, we're I bet still he'll recording be back on the sound board, and then he'll be back in a second. Oh, man. Well, save your jokes, because we're not recording. All right. Just keeping Keep that in there. there. There he is. I don't know. I, I had that happen several times earlier today doing a different phone call. I, I like Squadcast, but it's kind of buggy. Like, it, yeah. it glitches a lot. Last episode, we had this happen, too. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to push record here. All right. And we are going back into part two. Okay. Back to you, Andrew. So, yeah, I mm, terrifying as this is, I, I think that there is... Um, the only one of those that I think could be conceivable based on my Oklahoma public school education of sex ed is 11. That one sounds like it's feasible. The other ones don't sound feasible. And for that reason, because I think that we're going with the infeasible, I'm going to go five and a half, which is horrible. Oh. I'm not rooting for it. What I'm rooting for is this is what I hope happens. I hope that at the end of this, Timberry goes, the correct answer was 15 that was the correct answer. You're <laughs> fucked up. How could you even think of such a thing, you evil monster? That's what I hope happens. But I'm going to go with five and a half. Five and a half final answer? Yes. You are correct. Oh, no. I don't. Man, it, it, it's it's a, a, a pirate victory. I don't I don't feel good about it. I'm not going to go. go yeah, no, 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 matter man, I'm a winner. Win. No matter who wins, everyone loses. Yeah. Yeah, it's the yeah, it's alien the versus predator. A little bit over again. When you start, like the first thought is like, oh, that's interesting, and the second thought is, oh no, oh no. Yeah. Uh, so and and then and then just then a cascade of oh no's. Yeah, yeah. There's the nothing good. Yeah. There's nothing good. Hey, if you're if you don't want your mind to go in the spirals, here's something. Anytime I hear someone say any lyric from uh, Beanie Man's song "Girls Dem Sugar." I'm not good for three days. Uh, the chorus is in my head, especially yeah. Maya's part, but she's like, take the stars out the sky for you. Yeah, yeah. So now that I've said that, you haven't even thought about what we were just talking about, That's which is can, can I give you my them sugar. Can I give you my yeah. mental palate cleanser? I, I, I learned this recently, and I thought it was amazing. Portugal had, like, a dictator or a president for life or some guy like that, right? El Presidente. Um, like, maybe, like, 1970. And he has a, an aneurysm, and he's expected to die. He's languishing in the hospital. Uh, they send him to die at his estate, like his summer house, right? And as he is dying, the Portuguese legislature goes, all right, enough of this dictator stuff. He's dying. He's going to die in five minutes. Let's just become a democracy. So, like, as he's dying, they become a democracy. But then he doesn't die. Mm -hmm. And Portugal felt bad about it. So they just didn't tell him. 
Like they just sent in nurses every day to be like, okay, president, oh, yeah. what do you want to do today? And he's like, bomb Port or bomb Lisbon. And they're like, okay, sir. And they just, for six years, he, he was a fake president living in a fantasy world. Uh, oh. and that was his retirement package. That's been like the last four years in America, except for terrible. Right. What we might end up doing is we <laughs> might send the president to Mar-a-Lago and be like, you won. Rudy Giuliani was correct. All of the court cases <laughs> proved it was a huge. There's no way you could have lost. You're so popular. Anyway, what do you want to do? And no, just give it to me. I'll I'll, I'll put it in. We don't need to send it anywhere else. And it's it's oh DC's so it's so not balmy right now. You the horrible. Just stay here in Florida. <laughs> Daryl, you ready for your next question? I don't know. I mean, this is less depressing. Okay. Good. Okay. Uh, Amkari Panwar gave birth to twins in June of 2008, making her the oldest woman to give birth. At what age? 68, 69, 72, 75. Ah. 69. We're going 69. I'm just going because I, I wanted, I just want someone in the, uh, delivery room to be like, nice. <laughs> yeah. The doctors are all looking at each other going, yeah. <laughs> right? They're like, she was going to turn 70 and they're like, come on, push, lady. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's not funny if you do it at 70. <laughs> Is that our final answer? Yeah. 72. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was rooting for you, Daryl. I was rooting for you. And here's here's yeah. the thing that blows my mind. They were conceived by IVF. Wow. This was really intentional. Wasn't surrogate. I just figured this was a surrogate situation where, like, her daughter didn't have a womb, and she's like, you know what? I got a spare womb. I'll You can right. use it. But it wasn't even that. Like, she was impregnated and everything, and for some reason hadn't gone through menopause at 72. So she with IVF, it's, it's already... I'm not like super up on all these things, but like, um, I'm not sure if you need to be able to have, well, I, it is her egg, but like at that point, she already had two kids and five grandkids. I'm not sure the reason that they sought IVF. I don't know. Mm. But, well, uh, maybe, maybe you could buy, I don't know. I honestly have no idea how it works. Maybe you can bypass menopause, like maybe ovulation stops at menopause or something, but you can, yeah. but if, if, if you have the egg and you're, you're impregnated in IVF, they can put it in and then it works. Yeah. I mean, it's like re rebooting the system. Yeah. Theoretically, she could have already gone. Maybe. I'm not sure. I, I'm not, I'm not like solid on this, but like, so it's like, it's have... like taking one of those old Nintendo cartridges and yeah. just blowing. And you yeah. plug it back in and it's like, oh, it works now. Mario yeah. Brothers. Yeah. I mean, okay, so this is a this is a side note. There was a, a news article today that a woman gave birth to an uh, an IVF uh, baby that was actually technically she wasn't older than she is because it just this child was just born, but the egg and sperm were brought together two years before she was born. Mm -hmm. Wait, what? Can you back so up on that? This. I believe 25-year-old woman gave birth to a child that was implanted in her uterus using sperm and ovum that oh, were collected gotcha. 27 okay. I, I, years I ago. I thought that, like, a, a spare fertilized egg had just, like, chilled out and then, like, somehow, like, got into the zygote and carpooled. No. And then popped like, up. But no, no. But they, but, but she, but she, she, they, they did IVF. I and believe. she gave birth to genes which were conceived 
before she was born. That's fascinating. Correct. Yeah. So, like, you know, this shit's crazy anymore. Her kids should absolutely pull rank on her. I would. <laughs> like, when I learned that, when I'm, like, That's 15, I'd be like, I am older than you, so we're not, yeah, I'm not, I'm not dicking around. Give me the cereal now. I don't care that it's 9 p.m. <laughs> that was a legit uh, argument in my household as a child. Uh, more than once I heard, Daryl, you are not going to eat cornflakes. I made food. Daryl, you ready for your next question? Let's go. All right. In, wait, is it? Yeah, that's, wait. Daryl just went. Just went. Never mind. Okay. This is what happens when we drink whiskey while doing a show. Andrew, are you ready for your next question? Oh, yes. Okay. Ah. In 2008, Thomas and Nancy Beatty set a world record by being the first what? Parents of two sets of quintuplets, the first couple to use their dead dad's sperm, the first trans man to be pregnant, or the first person to deliver a baby in an Uber. What was the first option? The first uh, parents to use... Okay, the first set of... Okay. First parents to have two sets of quintuplets. Okay. Uh, and and then and the trans man one, can you read that one? Uh, the first trans man to be pregnant. Uh, and what year is it? This was 2008. I'm going to go with that. I'm going with trans man. First trans man. Final answer? Final answer. You are correct. Thomas Beatty. Yes. The first trans man All to right. be pregnant had three kids ultimately. Yes. Ultimately. Okay. All yeah. right. That's the same. But you know what? The, the night is young. Yeah. Like if if we know that, right. that you, know, you, could, you could crank them out in your 80s now, like maybe you'll have more. Okay. Yeah. So, so Thomas is uh, an activist and a writer and – speaks about sexuality and and trans issues and um his wife nancy had already had a hysterectomy like unrelated and and therefore wasn't going to be able no. to carry kids so thomas had only had top surgery and then was was able to get pregnant and went on like the national tv circuit and talked about it and then ultimately had two more kids after that first one so congrats to and them did, did did they did he say who he got the sperm from because that would be a dead giveaway he was cheating on his wife. <laughs> if, if, if he got pregnant and she'd had a hysterectomy, it'd be like, there's there's no way that this was going to happen so, unless another guy got involved. It was the Archangel Gabriel. He yeah. came down, looked me in that, the that eyes, kind of, said, It was so hey. much easier to pull like at the, the, like the 14th century, but I feel like now <laughs> right. it's very difficult to pull that. I feel like none of us should do any angel things. Like angel shit just results in bad stuff for the most part. You like get to go on a quest, get have a baby. Like it's never, it's never like I brought you like a a handle of vodka. <laughs> like speaking of of uh, angels in Texas, I have to recommend it. Everyone watch the movie Frailty. Oh. Uh, with, with Bill Paxton and Matthew McConaughey. It's a good one. Uh, and. Powers Booth is a very Texas movie, and it, it's like old school Bible thriller. It is fantastic. I, I do need what, to rewatch. What is that. it? It was called what? Frailty. What and what is it about? It is. Uh, I mean, I can do it without spoiling it, but it is about a set of sons, uh, young boys, like teenagers or preteen teenagers, who. Their dad is given a quest from God to uh, kill demons. 
And, wow. Okay. And one of the boys doesn't think that it's real. Yeah, and the other one movie. is with it. It's a good I'm movie. In. Oh, it's fucking great. It's a great movie. Yeah. Frailty. All right. Uh, are we now are we now back to Daryl? Is that correct? I believe so. Okay. Yes. All right. This is your final question. Stacy Harold has given birth to three babies despite doctor's warnings because she is the shortest woman in the world to give birth. Yeah. How tall is Stacy Harold? Two foot four, three foot one, three foot eight, four foot zero. Three foot one. Let's go. That is so tiny. Yeah, I mean, it's like, yo, your, your baby is going to walk you to the hospital. Like, it's going to be like, look. Yeah, you almost, like, you, yeah. you double hope it comes out head first. Because if it doesn't, you're like, oh, wow. <laughs> well, now we now we just got to roll with it. It's good, yeah. It's not a C-section. It's a chest burster uh, is essentially how that baby's getting born. Just, you had dinner and then, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> So what was what was B. the final answer? Three foot one. B. Okay. Wait. Uh, yeah, B is three foot one. The correct answer is two foot four. Stacy oh Harold is two foot God. four. Yeah, two and she four. she has Yo. brittle bone disease, and so between that and the fact that her pelvis is so small, a fetus could potentially crush her internal organs. And despite that, she's had three babies. So. Sorry, I'm making this ragged. I'm literally looking for a measuring tape so I can picture this. That is a small I, I will be person. Three foot four time. is not long. It is not long. Two foot four. I mean, if your child is two foot inches. four, you're probably still talking in inches and months. 28 inches. Yeah. Yeah, she's, she's small. That's a full-grown person. Also, got that WAP, son. Three kids? <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> Huh? I want you to touch that little dangly thing that's sitting in the back of my throat, but the conventional way. But the conventional way. Like you don't even have to is all right. Yeah, no. It's called an epiglottis. Yeah. Um so I, I have Uvula. Oh yeah. Epiglottis no, is the epiglottis. thing that closes from is it, is dangly breathing. Thing. The uvula and... is the clitoris of the throat. Uh is everybody ah. knows. According uh, to the movie design. Deep Throat, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so I had I had a tiebreaker that was to name Angelina Jolie's children, um, and you oh, would get extra know. points for naming them in order and what country they were born in. Um, <laughs> we could still play that game if you want to, or we could just go into our final promo. Does anyone want to even try that? Do you want to even attempt it? Not even head shaking. Okay. I, I mean, I, I feel like I've already won. So that's true. I, 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 why, why give Daryl a chance to win my trophy that you I assume what? I get? That's that's a solid answer. So Andrew, you are our champion this week. Yes. And yes. our prize Boom. for you is that you get to give your promo first. Yeah. Nice. Thank <laughs> yeah. you very much. Well, uh, uh, Daryl and Timory, it was very nice to see you again. It was a pleasure doing this. This is what a, what a great way to spend a Friday. It was very fun hanging out with you. Um, you've come on my program previously. I, I host two podcasts. I host a show called Alienating the Audience, 
which is incredibly nerdy science fiction that I invite your listeners to check out if they like sci-fi. And I host a show called The Political Orphanage. On Wednesdays, I do a substantive interview. This week, I talked to Lord Martin Rees, who is the Astronomer Royal of the United Kingdom and their top mathematician. And we talked about existential mm-hmm. threats to mankind because he runs the, uh, ex- the Existential Study Threat Center in Cambridge University. So if you want, like, well, that sounds very interesting. That's on the Political Orphanage on Wednesdays. But on Fridays, I do Friday Release Valve, where I bring on charming, delightful comedians like yourselves to kick around headlines. So both the, the substance and the humor is on the Political Orphanage, and I invite your listeners to check that out. That's yes. awesome. Daryl, what, where cool. shall we find out more about you? Uh, you can go to DarylComedy.com and find out all of the things. There's a page dedicated to my album, Black Gentrifier. I put it together myself. Uh, the album and the page that sells it. Um, and by I put it together myself, I mean not really. Um, but it's there. You can see it. You can also go to uh, tpublic.com slash user slash Comedy and get merch for Black Gentrifier. Um, and then you can also, like, book me for things. Sure. I have my own Black Gentrifier tank top and mug. I, I'm waiting for my mug. I got a, I got some stickers and I got my T-shirt. You can get it. So. Both my, my gas mask and condom mm. are both Black Gentrifier <laughs> brand stuff. I buy yeah. no other. Oh. It's yeah. a lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. I like this. Um, for me, let's see what's happening. Um, this month we have, well, you can always check out more at sexwithsummary.com. That's where I post news links, including links to stories that we talked about on the show, as well as a variety of other nonsense that you may or may not want to know about. And you can hear <laughs> about upcoming events, including the uh, solstice celebration for Slut Church. So if you like metal music Ooh. and you like burlesque, uh, Slut Church is here for you with a free uh, virtual show on Instagram Live on December 18th featuring our headliner, uh, the Diva Arizel, who was our amazing performer also at our live uh, Halloween Slut Church. And then if you are looking for shit to do on New Year's Eve, Flirt Vonnegut and I are doing a New Year's Eve virtual party that is burlesque, talk show, game show, bullshit. You don't have to be alone. You don't have to just watch Netflix on New Year's Eve. It's basically the idea. Watch my hot friends get naked for you. That's what I'm saying. 2021. Yeah. Like, like literally, I was like, how sad is New Year's Eve going to be? And then I was like, wait, no, I have hot friends. So 2021nye.eventbrite.com. <laughs> you can get your tickets for that right now. But again, all of this is at sexwithtemporary.com. Yeah. We did it, guys. We did it. Yay! We made it. All the way through. I feel pregnant. <laughs> yep. I feel like having 69 babies. <laughs> nice. I feel like having an illicit swingers convention. <laughs> this is where I draw the line. <laughs> We're just stating our emotion. That's all. Feelings aren't facts, Daryl. <laughs> Uh, well, there's that. There, there are facts, but then there are also alternative facts. Oh. And because nobody laughed that lady out of the building when she said that, we are in this fucking episode of Black Mirror today. Yeah. And so the only thing I can tell you is uh, laugh at people when they say dumb shit to their face. Okay. Uh, I laughed a telemarketer off of the phone 
because they tried to sell me a vacation last week. And I'll tell you right now, I have never had, I've never, I haven't laughed so well in months. I, I mean, I was sweating. <laughs> there was tears coming out of my eyes. Like, because not just because I was laughing at him, but because he said like, you're going to love these vacations. I was like, <laughs> yeah. He was like, hey man, have a happy Thanksgiving. And he hung up. Oh my God. Nothing. I, I had somebody call me yesterday and, and claim that they were the Social Security Administration, and because my Social Security number had been uh, flagged for fraud, they were suspending my Social Security number, a phrase what? that I've never heard in my life. <laughs> also fairly confident the Social Security Administration doesn't call you about that. Nope. So I was like, oh, my. Oh, no, horrible. My SS number? And they're like, yes. Now, to confirm that it's all correct, what is your mm -hmm. name and number? Um, so I like I, I've now forgotten it, but at the time I just mentioned whoever the last uh, FBI director was. Just was like like just like <laughs> like, like put that into Google asshole, and then he hung up. So I think he did. <laughs> nice, nice. That's fantastic. And that yeah, that's a lovely note upon which to leave this episode. So thank you, Andrew, for being on. It's a delight to have you. Thank you, thank everyone, you. for listening, mm -hmm. and we will talk at you next week. Sim Sima. And you ain't hanging with the team if you ain't down to fuck.